Con Radio, presented by Wizard World. Radio for geeks. When Dr. Frankenstein created the monster, he lost control. Now, the era of monsters has begun. With a robot army at his command, Dr. Frankenstein battles vampires, zombies, werewolves, and monsters. No one is safe. Everything is monstrous. Well, hello out there, everybody. This is Winnie the Pooh and Tigger, too. And uh, also some guy named Jim Cummings. You're not going to believe this, but you are listening to the Canned Air Podcast. Good job. Keep it up. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Candare, a tribute to comics and pop culture. I am Jeremy Colley. And I am Jack Doherty. And I am still Jake Runyon. Still Jake Runyon. That's still great. Here, man. That's amazing you're still that person. Still handsome. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and joining us today from Think Alike Productions is Bob Sally to talk about his Kickstarter running until February 2nd for Salvagers, the Wreck Raiders. Thanks so much for being with us, Bob. Thanks for having me, guys. We got a good show planned for you today. We're going to be talking TV themes songs in our retro round table that ought to be a lot of fun mm-hmm. uh, going to talk like being a product of the uh, 80s you know the theme songs were just the best yeah. oh yes, yes. without <laughs> a doubt and when I was they don't putting, make them like they used to no no they don't when I was putting this together I was trying to stray away from the 80s because that's just where I kept gravitating <laughs> 80s 80s <laughs> uh, and then we'll uh, at the end of the episode we'll turn our attention over to Bob and talk more about Salvagers so um, actually, before we get started, something we have to point out here, uh, being, what is today, the 10th? Uh, 11th, I The thought. 11th, so yeah. it was yesterday, late yesterday, yeah, yeah. Uh, the world lost David Bowie. That was really hard to hear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ashes to ashes, funk to funky. <laughs> <laughs> so you're a big Labyrinth fan, aren't you? Oh, yeah, I love that movie. Yeah. Yeah, Brooke was uh, tore up. She loves Labyrinth. And, mm-hmm. uh, I never got into that, but uh, the music I did. And it was just crazy to hear. I had no idea he had cancer. <clears throat> no, yeah, nobody all. did. Last year and a half, something like that. Yeah, just it, all at once. You know, it seems so sudden, but the part that sucks is you know it wasn't. You know, yeah. you yeah. have to think about how wretched it must oh, have been. Oh, I'm sure. So just had to mention that. Uh, rest in peace, David Bowie, and thanks for all the wonderful music you've given us. All right, and with that, let's kick off the Retro Roundtable. And here we go. I'll be back. (laughs) All right, guys, TV theme songs. Let's just start by going around the table talking about our favorites, and then I have a little activity planned for us at the end of the segment. So... Who would like to go first? Favorite TV theme songs? Well, I've got Silver Spoons. Oh! oh. Here we are, face, face to, to face. face. A couple oh, of Silver Spoons. Yeah, no, I love that one. That was a great show. <laughs> oh, that fine. One. <laughs> yes, that was a great one. Where Carlton came from. What's that? That's where Carlton came from. Yeah, exactly. Really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah he, he was, was the, kid on that. the black kid on the show. <laughs> Yeah. As Carlton? No. No, was... no, no. He was just oh, a stain. Yeah. Okay, I thought you were saying like Fresh Prince was a stain no, 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 on no, the no, Silver no, Spoons. No, just the, the what a revelation so he, that would have been. Yeah, maybe he was. You know, I don't know if you ever saw his family. Could have been the, uh, yeah. Alfonso, that's what his name was. Alfonso. Yeah, because that's his real name. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Wow. Missed that little detail. What about you? <laughs> now, do I have to keep this like strictly eighties? No, or just no, talking. No, 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 okay, no. It, it almost feels like kind of a cop out, but I want to say the Simpsons theme. Oh no, that's a it great just, one. It just feels right every time you hear it. You're having a bad day. You just got into a big <laughs> argument. Doesn't matter. Simpsons theme. Yeah. You're way back up here. I can Everything's agree with fine. you. <laughs> yeah, that's the way it comes in too. Yeah, the yeah. Simpsons. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Gentle, soothing hand on your shoulder, like, hey, it's not so bad. (laughs) (laughs) 
we mentioned last week a theme song that's kind of like that for me is the Perfect Strangers theme song. Man. <laughs> Listen to that episode again and hearing that at the end, man. There's, yeah. You fly high on that one. <laughs> Listen yeah. to that song. I can fly. <laughs> yeah. Great theme song. Airwolf. Oh, man. I had to listen to that when I got home from work today. <laughs> Makes me think of Knight Rider, too. I listened to that one also. Nah, 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 nah. Even though there wasn't much of a theme, I guess it was a theme song. Mm. It's just the uh, the narration. That's like the Incredible Hulk, you know. Is that, I, don't, I don't know if it was in the oh, beginning yeah. or if it was just at the end, but that was uh, that do 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 do. Yeah, it's just hard wrenching. Oh, it's great. Thumbing down the road with his backpack. Yeah. Yeah. Man, one of I think one of the best. I've told you this before. The best, if not the best, theme song ever made was Inspector Gadget. Yes. <laughs> yep. To the end, man. I love that theme song. We'll never get old. Never. No. Simple go, enough for a go. child to remember. Mm-hmm. Brilliant enough to stick with them as they age. I just love that that crescendo. That bum 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 bum. Go, catch it, go. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> Bill Nye the Science Guy. I don't know if that was like I, you guys were too cool for that back. No, in the day. I, watched I watched it. it. I don't remember that one though. The theme. It was mostly just people chanting, "Bill, Bill, Bill." Like it was that. Oh, Bill Nye the yeah. Science Guy. Yes, I did. Remember that. What about you, Bob? Uh, I, I again, I keep going in my mind. Like I, the first thing that comes to my mouth or to my mind is uh, you know the family ties or the oh, growing man. pain. You know the growing pains, dun, dun, like those dun, dun, ones. Dun, dun. Oh, yeah. yeah, exactly. Like um, yeah, those are the ones. I, every time I think of a theme song, you know the Cheers theme song is a classic. Mm, love that song. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a classic. Uh, I love that yeah. when it came on the radio. Every once in a while, that song would come on the radio. Gary Portney. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That was a the, good one. I, the, I think the least favorite is the Friends. Yes. Oh, yep. The Rembrandts. Yeah. Just such yeah, a... And I, I feel so bad for the Rembrandts, you know, like yeah. where they probably had a few other good songs, but nobody radio wanted to hear them from them anymore. Yeah, they'll be uh, always labeled as uh, the Friends people. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when it was weekly and you heard it, it was all right. It was sure. fun to listen to, but then the radio destroyed that oh, song. Oh, yeah. They played the hell out of yeah. it. Yeah. When it doesn't lead into a show that you're excited to watch, it's just like every time it came on on the radio, I felt cheated. I'm like, oh, you know, I could be listening to music right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anytime listening to the radio and it came on at that one point, you'd always want to clap. <laughs> you just yeah, you just get that visual of them dancing in a fountain. Yeah. <laughs> the couch and a lamp sitting yeah. in front of the fountain. I wish I was Why that not? casual and carefree. <laughs> what a charmed life they live. <laughs> Let's pull the couch down to the city fountain. <laughs> yeah, do that in New York. Give it a try. Yeah. <laughs> you have a homeless guy sleeping on it in a minute. No, I mean like a show that's coming back on though is the the X Files. Like mm. that's another one. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, that's a great really one. stoked about that whole intro sequence is still cool, but it like it hasn't aged super well. At some point with the music playing and the screens just like there's like one of those Tesla globes oh, slowly yeah. coming into focus. <laughs> just the words paranormal activity float across the screen. Yeah, like, mean, that oh, was a, it was a simpler when, time. <laughs> but like at, at night though, like when that when you oh, were man. you were getting ready like to to watch that show mm-hmm. and you know you sat down this was before you had DVR uh, you know you, you had to watch it and god forbid you missed it uh, you know you had it on VHS maybe but uh, yeah you know they, that, that theme song would play and you know I mean I always watched it with the lights off because it yeah. was just you know it's, it was just it was yeah. a great theme song takes you to another world that one you know yeah it does wasn't that on uh, Sunday nights Yes. Yeah. I think it was, yeah. Yeah, so God forbid you did anything on a Monday and you didn't watch <laughs> right. it, you know, it's, you were screwed. It was one of those shows you set the VCR to record and prayed to God it actually worked. Like, I yeah. can't tell you how many times you'd set the VCR to record something and it wouldn't. Well, yeah, the yeah. next day and turn it on. No! Yeah, it recorded no! at like 10 a.m. rather than 10 p.m. <laughs> yeah, and, and God forbid there was a presidential debate or like, you know, uh, this uh, addressing, you know, like... Uh, pushes the, everything the, back a little yeah, while. Yeah, exactly. So the next thing, and you keep fast forwarding it, hoping, but you're yep. like, you know, it's gone. You know, it's not there. I had that exact moment last night. I sat down to watch the new Simpsons and there was a football game bleeding into the DVR. <laughs> oh, oh, I was like, oh, God, no, no, please, no. I had it, though. Keep your sports <laughs> out of my cartoons, real world. <laughs> 
Oh, man. When I got home and I was watching that seven-minute montage of the best uh, 80s TV shows, The Facts of Life came on. Oh, oh yeah. And that one I even got my arm swinging when that <laughs> yeah. one was coming on because that was a fun one to listen to. You take the good, you take the bad. You take them both, and, and there, there you have, have The Facts of Life. life. <laughs> That's an easy one to, like, trick someone into finishing for you. Yeah. You know, I used to, like, do, well, you know, you take the good, and then go, like, yeah. <laughs> And you take the bad. <laughs> take them both in there. You have a <laughs> That that has been playing in syndication recently. We we does it. Oh man, we, yeah, we watched some of it, and man, I can't get past looking at uh, Tootie. Man, it's like that hair is horrible, <laughs> man. Oh, my God. <laughs> Blair, yeah. Blair was cute though. Yeah, she was. She yeah. was real cute. Joe was too for a Tom being a Tom. Uh, yeah, I mean, except for the older ones and. When she was younger, she was. Started getting that mustache. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) It's distinguished. It's robust. There you go. There you go. That uh, Night Court. Oh, that's probably one of my favorite TV shows from back in the day. Oh Mm -hmm. yeah, man. Harry Anderson was great. And uh, what was the what was the bailiff's name in that? Uh, Bull. Bull. Yes. Bull. Bing bing. <laughs> oh man, oh, I love that one. Dandy Griffith Show. Oh, oh yeah, jeez, that's I, a good one. That's something like I mean, I'll be walking around my office and I just start whistling. That's <laughs> that show taught the world to whistle. If yeah. you were a kid and you didn't know yet, that's the first tune you learn, right? I mean, anyone you talk to. My aunt used to have a parakeet that could whistle that whole thing. Oh, that's awesome. Oh. I hope they kept him for breeding stock. There are more parakeets <laughs> in the world like that. I just have to think of how many times that bird had to listen to the Andy Griffith song <laughs> to actually get that in his head. Enough not to like it anymore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Kind of sad now. Well, shut God. <laughs> Man, another uh, theme song that I just think is one of the best ever is the original Mighty Morphin Power Rangers theme oh, song. Dude. Yeah. So much balls in that theme song. You just, <laughs> so amped. Yeah, you just want to go like parkour, man. Like <laughs> jump out the window. And, I mean, it's awesome. Bunch of wall. Yeah. Rip out the support. I'm go, Power go, Power Ranger. Rangers. That's all you needed. Go, That's go, it. Power Rangers. You, you might do anything. Power Rangers. Yep. If, if, like, your legs were trapped under a car and there was no one around that could help you and you had to lift it up, you just have to say, go, go, Power Rangers. <laughs> go, go, Power Rangers. Just the thought of Zordon talking to you. <laughs> go on, Ranger, Ranger. <laughs> Here's a good one. Mr. Belvedere. Yes. Oh. Well, you were talking about that at work, though. When I was like, how did that go? You started yeah. singing. I was like, oh, jeez. <laughs> Strikes on the china. Never mattered before. Oh, <laughs> Then you drop, <laughs> kick your jacket. <laughs> <laughs> I fucked it up. But... <laughs> what about you, Bob? Uh, so I got a kid right now, so I'm thinking like Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood and Sesame oh, Street. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's a uh, But you Sesame know what I, I loved was... One of those, one of those shows, like where I couldn't even tell you what the words to the song, the the theme song is, except the end, W K R P in Cincinnati. Like that was a great show. It was. I don't remember. Yeah, I have no idea how it goes. I just remember the ending of it. Oh, that's right on the tip of my tongue. It's killing me now. I always get that show. Making your way in the world today. No, that's not right. That's cheers. That's right. Making your way in Cincinnati today. <laughs> I get that's that show and uh, news radio confused all the time. Oh, I, that was one of the best shows. I was yeah. so sad to see that show go. Yeah, it was a good show. Huh? Oh, it, was, it was just pure humor. There was yeah. nothing serious about it. <laughs> it was just there was no lesson to be learned. Was, Joe Rogan, like oh, he yeah. was so underappreciated as a comedic star in, in in the world because that show he he was just awesome in that. He was. Him and uh, Andy Dick was in that show, too. Yeah. And uh, Phil Hartman, he actually died during the run of that show. And in yeah. the show, they made it like he had a heart attack or something. Did they? Yeah. I didn't, yeah. I didn't stick with that show. I forgot Andy Dick was in that. Yeah, he yeah. was. He played like yeah. the... Uh, he was like the... Not the intern, but the guy who ran around that just got everything wrong. Yeah. Do you remember yeah. uh, Suddenly Susan with Brooke oh Shields God. and Kathy yeah. Griffin? Yeah. <laughs> Andy Dick was kind of the Kathy Griffin of the show. <laughs> <laughs> Although there was a redhead girl on yeah. news radio too, now that I think about it. Yeah, I remember I her. I don't remember her name, but great shows. 
Great shows. Okay, I got a weird one. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm about to alienate the group here, but <clears throat> Twin Peaks, Get anyone? Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. That yeah. opening sequence. The first time I saw it, and I'm like, I don't think I can finish the rest of this show. This is a nightmare. <laughs> I feel like I'm going to doze off right now. Three episodes in, I want that theme as my ringtone. <laughs> so awesome. I'm sold. Dude. I'll take it. About Miami Vice. <laughs> I don't remember that one. I don't remember that one? No. Oh, that was great. I should, but I don't. Kind of run along the line of uh, the Beverly Hills Cop theme song. You, know, uh, that you don't remember that one? Uh-uh. That kind of like synthy, yeah, like the electric drums. That's the. Oh yes, I, I kind of do remember <laughs> that. One of the uh, shows that uh, through the '90s, the Drew Carey Show. Had oh yeah. Mul- oh yeah. Multiple a... theme songs, like they they did the Moon Over Parma. Which, <clears throat> that was the closing theme song, wasn't it? It was uh, it later became the closing, but it was the opening okay. for a long time. So it was just like the little cartoon of him with the yeah, top. yeah, yeah. yeah and it was fun. yeah. And then it was Cleveland Rocks. Yes, and Damn before right that they did uh, the uh, oh nine o'clock world. I don't remember that. Was that later? Late later? No, it was earlier. They did a uh, it was like a dancing number in the office. It was them going to work. Uh-huh. Oh, every morning just to keep my yep, job. Yep, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. What that, a great show! It was Man. phenomenal. It holds worst, up too. It, it, the, the worst theme song ever was the Gary Shandling show. Oh, how did that go? I feel like it. Uh, this is the Gary Shandling show. The opening <laughs> theme to Gary's show. Gary called me up and asked if I would write his theme song. It's almost halfway over. How do you like it so far? It's so bad, but it was like it was funny. <laughs> Oh man, Gary! I've never liked Gary Shandling, and I don't know why. I don't have any reason to dislike his him. mouth. Oh, he's a he's a Hydra agent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There, there. <laughs> reason enough. <laughs> All right, let's talk Frasier for great oh, themes. Yes. Really stick with you. Totally agree. <laughs> so good. It, well, it's just like it doesn't make any sense. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. <laughs> Toss salad and yeah, scrambled, scrambled eggs. eggs. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah, sure thing, Kelsey. You just keep doing what you do. <laughs> <laughs> he was so pleased with himself, too, at the end. <laughs> Good night. Yeah. Yeah, that makes hella sense. Thank you. When we first set this studio up, I always thought this desk reminded me of Fraser's <laughs> desk in his studio. I love that show. What a great show. I liked it better than Cheers. Think so? Oh, yeah. Cheers was good, but... Um, yeah, I enjoyed Frasier way more because I liked when they brought characters from Cheers into his little yeah, world. Like yeah. when they came to visit him, I was like, I think that was the first time that, well, probably not the first time, but the first time I've ever watched a TV show that they like cross did that, and I was like, oh, it's really cool. Like Woody's visiting him. Yeah, you know? they all yeah. visited uh, over time. I don't yeah. think Sam did though. Yeah, he did. Did he? Yeah, he showed up at Frazier's front door, uh, just acting like he was there for a visit, but turns away he was running away from a wedding and just hiding out at <laughs> Frazier's place. I think I actually remember that. Yeah, it was an earlier episode. I think when they were still trying to bridge the uh, the fan base from Cheers mm. over to Frazier, maybe. Well, oh, Cliff and Norm. Yes, there was a uh, reunion in Boston. <laughs> That Frazier went back to. But yeah, all the Cheers characters in one well, except for uh, Christy Alley, but who cares about her? Yeah. Yeah. All right, we're at 17 minutes here. I'm going to uh, throw some of these. <coughs> we're going to play a little game now. I've got a couple of trivia questions. I have a few lyrics written out, and then there's a few MP3s I'm going to play and see if you guys can guess the song. So let's do it. What do you want first? Do you want a question? Do you want to listen to one, or do you want to hear lyrics and guess what it is? Lyrics. Lyrics. So all right. Get off some lyrics. All right, name this theme song. Fish don't fry in the kitchen. Buzz. It's uh, the Jeffersons. Yes, the Jeffersons. Ah, nice. Fish don't fry in the kitchen. Beans don't burn on the grill. <laughs> okay. All right, what do we want next? Uh, question, more lyrics? Go trivia. Let's yeah. Go trivia? Okay. The theme song to this show was written by the Beatles, pre- performed by Joe Cocker. The oh, Wonder Years? Uh, the Wonder Years. <laughs> you didn't buzz. You, just, oh, you got a little breach of protocol here. One of our contestants failed to buzz. My button wasn't working. <laughs> All right, now let's keep uh, them what, going. I know the answer. Let's <laughs> listen to one here. I have no idea. Oh, I don't know what no I hear it. Oh. 
Oh my god, as soon as you say it, I'll know it. <laughs> I have no idea. Alright. Any any guessers? Anybody want to guess? I'm stumped. Punky Brewster. Oh, oh no, but that's a great theme song. I can't remember that one. <clears throat> oh, um... That was a tough one. I would never guess that. No, that wasn't Punky Brewster. Oh. He just thought it was, and I'm trying to remember what Punky Brewster was now. That one had lyrics to it, too, I think. That one did have yeah. lyrics. This, what we just heard, was Alf. Oh, oh no! <laughs> Damn it! For shame, every one of you. <laughs> I have to go. I can't be Get here. Get the hell out of here. <laughs> I'm sorry, Dad. All right, let's do another lyrics here. All right. There's a time for love and a time for living. Take a chance and face the wind. An open road and a road that's hidden. A brand new life around the bend. Who's the boss? Yes, okay. yes. <laughs> I was going to get that one. I swear I was going to get that one. I hated that thing. But you didn't. Oh, oh cool. <laughs> cool guy over here. <laughs> All right. Um, that's hard not without hearing the, the rhythm of the of yeah, singing. Yeah, exactly. Let's do another. Uh, let's do another listening one here. Oh, I know this is in Buzz Doogie Hauser. Yes. Uh, nice. For an extra ten points to get you absolutely nothing. <laughs> what was the neighbor's name? Always creeping around the window. It was Vinny. Vinny. Yes. Vinny Del Vino. Del. Yeah. <laughs> you know he was actually like in his twenties during that show. Was he really? Yeah, he was just real young. I think he. I think he, he passed died away recently? a couple years. Ago. That was quite a few years ago, I think. Wow. On an uplifting note. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We'll do one more of these. I'll do a trivia song, and then we'll close with another one. Name that theme song. (laughs) I know what that is. (laughs) Hear it, Bob? Yeah. You don't know that, Bob? Uh-uh. Oh, what is it, Jack? Blossom. Hell yeah, it's awesome. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I watched that show. <laughs> and, okay. Oh, I guess you just did it. Never mind. I was going to say, what was Joey's catchphrase? But you said, whoa. <laughs> what was her friend's name? Six. Yeah. Yes. You remember before Blossom came on, there was another, she had another show. It was almost the exact same thing. Mm-mm. I can't remember. I think it was called... Mayim or something like that, the name of the show. But it was almost, I remember I it was almost the exact canceled. same show. They were like, "You're gonna have a show one way or another." Yeah, <laughs> I don't care if nobody's watching it. We're just gonna <laughs> put it out there until they do. It was just called Bud. She hadn't blossomed yet. <laughs> there you go, bulb. That's her wow. Big Bang Theory, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. She doesn't age, apparently. No, she mm. looks almost the same. She played Funkhauser's daughter in uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm too. <laughs> she, she did. All right, here's one. This song's original version, not the version used for the song, but the full version contains the lyrics, Suicide is painless. Oh, it brings on, what is it? Mash. Yes, suicide oh, is painless. Oh, it yeah. brings on many changes, and I can take or leave it if I please. Yes, you got that one. That's Very a good. brutal theme. I was going to mention that earlier. That one yeah. tears at you the second yeah, you hear it. Yeah. So that was back in the day when you had one TV... Mm-hmm. And your dad had control of what was on it, and you watched Mash. We're watching that's what was on. Yeah, and it had two dials: one that would click eight hard times, and then the bottom one that would click mm-hmm. like a hundred yeah. fast. And, times. He, and, and your dad really liked you being present during these shows because <laughs> you were his remote control, and you were his personal secretary for getting the beer. Oh, don't let's not forget. Uh, Turning the dial to move the TV antenna around. Turn the dial to the east. Let's see if we can get any signals out there. All of the dials just said mash. (laughs) My dad had uh, he had he had the first remote control that was actually uh, wired to the device, and he would sit there and he would watch shows that. You know, he was he was a he was a genius before his time. He would watch shows. He'd put a VHS in, and he'd watch his shows, and he would pause it during the commercials, and then record after the commercials, so he could have these shows on VHS, and he could watch them later without thing. the commercials. 
I did the exact same thing. I've got 22 VHS full of Simpsons commercial free. Oh my. I do. What a wasted time that yeah, was. Exactly. I mean, <laughs> got them on disc now. You right. couldn't have seen the future. <laughs> you made sense of the time. Discs aren't going to last much oh longer. You're going to be glad you have those VHSs here pretty soon. Yeah, it, yeah. It's like vinyl coming back. Yeah. VHS. Eight no. track, I'm telling you. No realize there. Put your stock in eight tracks. <laughs> All right, guys. One more song and we'll move on here. <clears throat> Feast your ears on this little ditty. Show me that smile. Oh, buzz. Too easy? Yeah. Can I got that one? Yeah. What we got? It was, uh, oh, Jesus. It was, uh, f- I want to say family ties, but it's not. It's, uh, nope. Jesus. Fuck. <laughs> 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 With Kurt Cameron. Yeah. Yes. And Alan Thick. Alan it's Thick. just like family Bonnie. ties, it's just worded different. <laughs> <laughs> There was a guy named Boner. Yeah, what the hell was the name of it? Boner's dead now, too. Yeah, Growing Pains. Growing Pains. Yeah, Family Ties, Growing Pains. Yeah. Little Leonardo DiCaprio, too. Yeah, yeah, that's where you got to start. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Little crying Leo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Man. Wasn't, there was also, a, didn't Alan Thick have his own talk show in the thick of the night? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, how bad. That's actually the name of my autobiography. <laughs> Is it? Okay. Good to know. I won't use it for mine. Okay. Please don't. <laughs> okay. Well, that was fun. That was a lot of fun, guys. So let's just move right over to talking about some comic books. Yeah. Who would like to go first? I'll, you know what? I'll, I'll start us off here. Let's and do I'm it. Gonna, I'm going to try and... Exert some self-control because I could gas on about this comic for hours. <laughs> this thing's really taken me by storm. It's um, Dracula, the Company of Monsters. Now I, I've got a big-time obsession with Dracula, like as a historical figure, as a movie monster. Vampirism as a concept really speaks to me for whatever reason, and so this was an instant buy. Like I flipped through the pages, but I'm like, no, let's buy it on faith. I am almost positive because the cover here is Dracula in what looked to be like silver consecrated chains on his knees in front of a boardroom full of faceless corporate mm-hmm. monsters. You know? <clears throat> and uh, on the back it says, Bloodsucker versus Bloodsuckers. And it's <laughs> <laughs> Dracula, the Cliff Notes version here, Dracula has been, um, his corpse has been unearthed and resurrected by the CEO of this powerful corporation that's going under. And he figures the way he can, you know, get back to the top is he needs to, A, destroy his rivals with all the eldritch powers of Satan, apparently, not just boardroom (laughs) politics. And he himself needs to be immortal so he can usher in this new age of glory. He's like, well, let's just find the most dangerous being that's ever existed and see if he'll do what I says for whatever reason. But it starts off with this fantastic battle between Vlad, the prince of Wallachia, you know, against the sultan. And, um... It jumps around in time a lot. You get a, you get to meet um, the CEO who brings him back. His nephew is just kind of a low-level drone, even in this corporation his family owns. But he's smart. He knows how to translate. He brings him in to uh, to translate these texts that are the secret to Dracula's resurrection. And they they bring him back through this long process, just full of mysticism and archaeological digs. Incredibly well done. Great sequences. The art is fantastic. I don't want to spoil too much just because it's so well done. And they bring Dracula back, and he's this very civilized, very proud kind of regal, you know, an imperial figure, not just a monstrosity. When he wakes up, he's this half-formed, skinless abomination that Mm. shreds two lab techs just in an instant, you know. Mm. But once he's regained his composure, um, they need him to teach them how they can conquer their rivals. And so they, they set him up in this cell in a harness that has a pneumatic piston with a consecrated ash stake over his heart as a kill switch if he turns on them. And uh, the main character says, like, ash stakes, spray nozzles for holy water, a C4-shaped charge. I think we'll be okay if he decides to (laughs) slip the lead. Wow. But Dracula's going to teach them. And uh, at some point, they set him up in front of a bank of televisions so he can get a feel for what the modern world's like before he goes on and conquers it. What a terrible that idea that is, because the second they put it on the news, there's this one line, they give it a full page, where he's he's looking at the state of things. This world is impure. It is a cesspit. 
it must be erased. And I'm like, you've already put oh, the idea man. in his head. But it's incredible. It's got vampire hunters, vampires, corporate boardroom politics. It's got it all. Give it a read. I love it. Sounds awesome. Dumb mm-hmm. Yeah, it does sound really good. So being into like the vampires and stuff like that, are you a Twilight fan? Uh, what's the opposite <laughs> of a Twilight fan? What's the hardest, most intense phrase you can use? <laughs> A Harry Potter fan. All right, no, I'm just kidding. I no, enjoy I'm, Harry I'm a huge fan of classical vampires as a movie villain, as a mythological right. concept. It's a big draw for me. So I, I could, oh, I could go on about how much I hate what Twilight did to the whole <laughs> idea. But in the interest of fairness, let's let's let everyone else take a turn. <laughs> there we go. Very good. Very good. All right. Uh, I'll go next here. Uh, what I brought is an image comic called Outcast. Uh, number one, a darkness surrounds him. And I've had this for some time, but I've never uh, cracked into it. And I decided this was the week I was going to. But pretty much what it's about is uh, the, the comic opens up with a mom arguing with her one of her children. He storms off. She looks to her younger son, who's in the pantry, eating something. She's like, what are you eating? turns it's his own finger he's eating his own finger bloody all over the place he's been possessed by a demon very much like the exorcist so uh there's this uh the town priest they have come in to do an exorcism on him and uh you know very difficult doesn't happen overnight the exorcism so the story breaks and goes to another gentleman who uh, is just being referred to the outcast uh, later by the demon, but he's just kind of a drifter, has no direction, and uh, you don't know why. You can tell something bad's happened to him, but uh, you don't know what. And uh, you just keep following his story. You don't know how it ties in with the exorcism that's going on across town. But then before you know it, the preacher seeks this guy out and says, I need your help. I know you can help me. And he goes, "I, you know, I can't do anything. And Turns out, the reason he's a drifter, what, why he's so, uh, why he's lost the will to live, pretty much, is his mom. He lost his mom the same way to a demon, possessed her, and during the uh-huh. during the possession, it killed her. Well, after digging, finds out that the same demon came <laughs> back and possessed his wife. He came home and found his wife like in that like crab-like stance, oh, uh, no. standing over their dead daughter. Like it was, wow. it was heavy, man. It was creepy. So, this demon is after him and his right. family and stuff. And uh, the, the preacher or the priest finally convinces him to come to the exorcism. As soon as he walks in, the little boy turns his head and is like, I know you. Like, I've been waiting for you kind of thing. And attacks him and uh, starts this whole battle and long exorcism, which this guy eventually wins. But he, the comic book ends with him saying, okay, I need to find out what this demon wants with me. You know why this keeps happening to me. So I've got the first three issues. I think they've been out for a long time, maybe over a year or so. Yeah, I've seen the title. Yeah, I've seen it there. But uh, let me see who did this. Creator and writer Robert Kirkman and artist Paul uh, Azakta. How, how do you say that? Uh, as a uh, uh, yeah yeah. <laughs> we'll just we'll just uh, we'll just call him Paul. Outcast. Wait. All right, who's cool. next? I'll go next. Go. I've got Superman and Batman Vengeance. Oh, man. Look out. Wasn't that good. <laughs> it was, for being a trade, it was like there was parts of it that were missing because it seemed to jump around all over the place, and you really didn't understand why it was jumping around. But it starts out with this super super group called the Maximus fighting the it was like the the Lord of Bad or something like that a whole other super villain group the Axis of Evil I think it was all of a sudden boom Superman and Batman show up there's one of the guys that's from the Maximus team they call him Skyscraper they call him Skyscraper why because he's humongous well Superman and Batman show up and they're like there he is that's the one that killed Lois they destroy they kill him. And then they use boom tube back to where they came from. Later on, the Maximus team shows up, and they're after Batman and Superman. Oh, that's the one that killed Skyscraper. They start battling all over the place. Um, they end up sending them back into boom tube. Meanwhile, Bizarro and Batzaro are running around trying to find Superman and Batman. 
What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it was so hard reading both of their their word bubbles because how they talk backwards. So it's hard to pay attention to what they're actually trying to do when they're me no not like Batman. Me yeah. come after Batman. So it's like all these different incarnations of the characters are kind of... Uh, yeah, it ends up getting to be kind of like a Spider-Verse thing towards the end. No kidding. Ends up being, at the end, I don't know if people really want to read this one because it wasn't that great. It was... <laughs> remember uh, Mixoplick? Mixoplick. He was a little imp guy with Oh, a, yes, yes. Well, him and the Joker are sitting there with a crystal ball, and they're making this whole thing up, making Batman and Superman fight. What in hell? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Later on, Bizarro, the Joker ends up killing Batzaro. Bizarro's all upset, takes a ring off his finger, puts it in some machine that has a slot that says, put ring here. It shoots Joker. All of a sudden, Batmite comes out of Joker's mouth, and it's Batmite and Mixoplick standing there making everybody do all this fighting. <sighs> Nothing's happening. It's not working right. Like, nobody's winning, so they end up taking everybody and just mushing them all together. So, like, this superpower team is all mushed into, like, there was, One like, person? six people, and now it's, like, five or three people. And Batman and Superman are mushed together to be a super Batman. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know how to find them, let me tell, tell you. Tell me about it. <laughs> Bizarro somehow ends up going to a bunch of different universes and ends up getting a bunch of Supergirls. And other Superman from different dimensions and bringing them back. Brought back all those Supergirls. Well, I guess he's not too stupid after all, is he? No, no. <laughs> wow, it's cool that you found the first uh, comic book ever printed on a tab of acid. It's <laughs> a big yeah. achievement. It was weird. I almost stopped reading it, but then I was like, I'm gonna keep going. <laughs> yeah, you and then found far. out that it was uh, there was actual reason why it was so wacky because <laughs> of hmm. Mixoplick, dude. Interesting. Yeah. Superman, Batman, Vengeance. And then there was Bob. <laughs> Me. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm reading a lot of stuff. I, uh, I think as a writer, you you need to read, you know, you need to read for the writers. Like I read, um, I like Garth Ennis, Max, uh, Punisher Max series. Uh, it's, I think it's like, the way I look at that is uh, it's kind of his version of, um, you know Frank Miller's Batman and Daredevil like he kind of made it his own and I really liked how he not, I don't want to say humanized the Punisher but you know maybe dehumanized him he he just made him such a great character and he made him his own character so I really respected that uh, that you know that Max series that Garthinus did with the Punisher because it, it it was it was so wasn't like the comic booky Punisher. Right. Uh, you know, he, he was, you know, just like how, the, you know, Frank Miller's Daredevil wasn't, you know, the guy running around in a red suit, you know, like he, he was somebody that you would believe if you saw in the news that this guy was doing that. Uh, much like, you know, Matt Fraction's um, Hawkeye, you know, that was, uh, that was, that was a great series that he did. Uh, one of the things I loved about it was that, uh, you know, it kind of, it, it, it wasn't really like so in your face that it was after the Avengers, but you knew it was. And, uh, and it was like, a, it, I love how Matt Fraction took a character that nobody really cared about. Uh, you know, not that nobody cared about him, but he was a character that I never really, I would have never picked up a Hawkeye book. Um, but you know, it was people were telling me like what a great what a great book it was and how the writing was so well done, and you could see that like that uh, the the artwork was, you know, I think if uh, if there was any other writer and it was a, it was poorly written, the artwork would have came off poorly, but because Matt did such a great job writing it. The, the artwork worked and uh, I thought that he did a great job so you know reading like things like that um, in Image um, I'm a huge East of West fan because Jonathan Hickman I think just wrote a beautiful story uh, you know about the apocalypse kind of in a sci-fi setting uh, I really appreciate you know the, the writing and when I read these things it always makes me feel like I need to step up my writing because I'm like you know like I'm uh, you know I need to take myself to that next level like when you're talking about this uh, you know this vampire this Dracula book like that's genius you know and 
that's the type of thing that I really appreciate in a graphic novel or a co- any comic book. Right. It's um, the originality and, and the thought that somebody put into it. And and being a writer, you know, like that, you know, you're sitting there and you're, you know, you try to think of like, you know, I, I, that, you know, you, they always, you're writing professors and everybody, they always tell you like, give me the same thing, but make it different, you know? And that's, that's huge. Like that, I, I'm definitely going to read that Dracula book because that's taking something different and you know, some, something the same and making it different. So, um, you know, most of the things that I'm reading are uh, by writers who I, I really appreciate their writing or it's reading something to, you know, like, um, you know, uh, save the cat or something to help me, you know, be a better writer and or I'm writing, you know, that's the other thing is, uh, you know, you, you, sometimes when you feel like when you're reading something, you're like, I should be writing. That's very cool. I, I mean, I can't relate to that. I'm not a writer, but I, <laughs> I gotta imagine that, uh, you definitely have a different look at comics when reading them. Yeah. And, yeah. I gotta try out that, uh, Hawkeye one. Cause it's I hear a lot, lot of people of, talk yeah. about that. Yeah. Yeah, I think Matt Fraction. I can definitely. It's it's kind of like I, I read. A, I, I listened to a podcast um, that Jeff Loeb was on with um, Kevin Smith's Fat Man. And, oh yeah, uh, that's a good show. Yeah, and he, you know, when he first came to DC, he was a nobody, and uh, you know they brought him on, and he said he was funny, like he was like, you know, I think I'm gonna go to DC, I'm gonna write Superman, and they're like, yeah, no, we have this comic that nobody's reading called um, Challengers of the Unknown, and uh, you're gonna write that, and he was like, I have never even heard of this, you know, series, the Challengers of the Unknown. And uh, so he, he went to his local comic book shop and he asked the guy, and this was like, you know, I guess when you go to a comic shop and they just had boxes full of stuff in the back that nobody read. And he right. told his comic, you know, the comic book uh, owner that he was going to be writing this, you know, Challenge of the Unknown. And he said that the guy came back and brought him back two big boxes of challenges the unknown and he was like i went back to my apartment and he's like and i just devoured them i read everything i possibly could and he wrote challenges the unknown must die which is on the new york times bestseller list like it is a it's a it's an amazing graphic novel where it's um taking these challenges the unknown our, our team of um you know they're they're not all superheroes they all kind of one's you know a, a boxer an ex-boxer who you know has, has just can really kick ass and the other one's kind of got some mystical powers one's really bright but he they were a team and he wrote them as retired and these things happen you know this one instance instance happens that um it looks like it's their fault and you know people are like you know we need to sentence them you know that we they need to be sentenced to life in prison for what they did and uh and then there's this whole trial going on and in this like he he brings he kind of brings batman into it like you know as a shadowy you know uh entity in it and superman comes in and but he he wrote such a brilliant story and it's um that impressed the shit out of me because it's taking something that nobody's interested in and then making it something that everybody wants to read yeah so that you know that was uh, that is a great challenges the unknown must die and then he went on to write um, Superman uh, Man of All Seasons or All Seasons and uh, and then he's just gone on to do great things I mean when when Heroes first came out that was all Jeff Loeb and then you know the writers strike and I, I don't think he came back and then the show just kind of I don't even know what the hell happened after that but uh, he's he's a great writer and uh, I. I, I always tell people like you know if you're looking to if you're looking to like get some really good writing and that you can you know kind of leech off of to learn how to you know how to you know story story structure and and how to you know move your beats in a script Jeff Loeb's one of the best and what was the name of the, that last book again uh, challenges of the challengers of the unknown must die challengers I'm gonna write that down you know I, I... I swear I had heard they say that the the measure of a great writer is in what he reads. And I think absorbing all of that, you find really quality writing, even in settings that on their own aren't that exciting. It really goes to show the level of talent some people have that can create a captivating story out of just about anything. It really, it's the writer creating that. It's not the setting or just the names and places it's make I, I always think like i when i do any kind of writing like i always want to make the reader feel something you know like i want whether this it's a it's a minor character or a main character like i want uh 
I want for that scene or whatever it is you're doing, like to put something in there where you as the reader can, you know, it's, I'm not, you're not saying it, you're showing it and you can feel for that character in such like a subtle way, like writing it in such a subtle way that makes it a lot of feeling come out for the reader. Absolutely. You want to be able to, and this sounds brutal, but almost inflict that emotion on a person. Oh, yeah. You can get under their skin without them even realizing what's happening. That's when you've won. You know, you've really created something spectacular. Absolutely. That's a great way to put it. It would be amazing to uh, have that gift. I wish I were a writer. Yeah, I'll tell you, any writer that you talk to, it's, it's, it's... Any writer that you talk to, it's uh, it's there's there's days where it's a gift and there's days when it's a curse. <laughs> At the risk that. of sounding arrogant, yeah. I think I can sympathize with yeah. that. Like I'm some amazing writer or something, but I, I I feel like I get I get where you're coming from on that. I've written a lot of songs, but never uh, never like a story. And I guess it's the same way with like writing music. I mean, you turn out a lot of crap before you sure, get some sure, good yeah, stuff yeah. in there and. I don't know. Like you were saying, the people you listen to really influence uh, who you, you know, what, Absolutely. what you write. Yeah, yeah. I get it. So much of what you absorb, you sort of present. Right. You exactly. Know, you filter it through yourself and create something. I'm a huge Pumpkins fan, and a lot of my stuff sounds like the Pumpkins. Nothing <laughs> wrong Not with exactly. that. Not exactly. Nothing just, wrong with You can with just that. hear a hint of it in there. <laughs> All right. Yeah, let's, uh, let's jump right over to uh, Bob and talk about <laughs> Salvagers. Thanks again for being with us, Bob. Hey, thanks for having me. And your project is on Kickstarter till February 2nd. This is uh, The Wreck Raiders. So tell us, where uh, where does this story pick up with Salvagers? Uh, the Wreck Raiders is uh, it's, it's issue one of volume two. That's the best way that I can say it. So okay. it's, I, I like the idea of keep uh, continuing to go in chronological order. Uh, volume one was issues one, two, three, and four. So this one's issue five. Uh, you know, at some point, I think that... Uh, if I wrote something that didn't go in the order that these stories go in, like I, I, I would like to at some point write kind of a prequel with uh, Ronick, the Captain Ronick, uh, the captain of the ship, Captain Ronick, uh, his backstory. And I wouldn't number that. I would just call that Ronick and I would do it as a graphic novel. But as the story progresses, I want to keep it going on in chronological order. So this is issue five. That was a lot to say, just for a simple. This is the next one. <laughs> this no, is the I next one. It, uh, but it's uh, yeah, it, it is the next one. So after the volume, after volume one ended, um, the crew is you know no spoilers are here. It's the crew has moved on. They are they are on their way home, and we are now faced with a new problem. There are these Clandarian pirates who are after something that they took off that ship, and they are coming after them. And those pirates look mean yeah. as crap, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they, uh, they, I, and you know what? Those pirates, they, I, when I first wrote volume one, um, I had already written this uh, volume two, uh, knowing that I wanted these pirates in there, and it has just been. I think that that has been my drive to get volume one done is to get to these pirates. Uh, these pirates, I love these pirates. And I hope that they as the cool. stories goes on, like, and you, you see who they are, you see what motivates them, that people, even though they are villains, people will kind of be like, oh, I like these guys. That's my favorite kind of character is the villain that's... Yeah, yeah, the one you can relate to. That it just isn't out for some, you know, sure, evil sure. purpose that makes sense. I mean, I get it. Yeah, so we right now we are, uh, you know, we're a week into our Kickstarter, and uh, thank you to all the supporters out there. It took us eight days to get it fully funded, wow. so um, <laughs> it, it feels great, you know. And, and anybody who does a crowdfunder who gets it, like, I did not expect it to be, you know, get that much uh, attention over a week. But, um, you know, the good thing with that is, is now I can start focusing on stretch goals and bonus rewards and giving people more stuff. Because, you know, it's like I always say, like, I do this for the fans. The, the feedback that I get from fans fuels me to keep doing it. Uh, and I want to be able to I want somebody when they put their hard earned money into this Kickstarter, I want them to open that package up and I want them to see a really a lot of cool stuff. Stuff that they would be proud to put on their wall, 
and feel like it's you know a collector's item. So uh, that's now where I've moved on to. We are I'm working with George, uh, George who is not the artist on this, but who is with me in uh, in this series, hopefully forever. Uh, he's working on a few things for me. I have um, an artist, uh, Brian Tillman, who um, he does some really cool stuff, and uh, he's going to be doing a few pinups for us. And you know, really, the, my main goal is to get enough funded in this that we can turn around issue six as well. And anybody who was a backer of this one, I would love to give them issue six for free. Yes. Uh, that, yeah. Yeah. That would be my that would be the the best situation here is just to be able to give them that as well, uh, you know, it's it's whatever I can give to the people and um, help me continue to grow as a writer and to keep the series going. Uh, it's it's a joy for me to give more. Yeah, and you've got some really uh, really cool rewards on there. Not only hard copies, but there's like mugs, t-shirts, what else? Original artwork, the pop vinyl figures. Yeah, uh, that Brigby pop is awesome. Yeah, yeah, they uh, those those were awesome. I, I found a guy who uh, he did a great job on them, and uh, and then I, we did the tear pop, and so he wanted to do the Brigby one, and I was like, look, you know, I'm not gonna put it out there until I see it. And when he did it, I was like, okay, <laughs> that works for me. Put it out there. I've seen it. Don, yeah. I'm not even a pop fan too much either, but that yeah, one, they I wouldn't cool. mind having him on the show. Love to have that on the show. Yeah. yeah. And there's even a, a slot for a guest appearance in the book, right? Yeah, we uh, we do it. We did this once before, and it worked out well. Uh, and, and so it's a cameo appearance. I know a lot of people who are you know working on their own creations and everything, and um, you know. And then I think some people are just they they want to be immortalized in a comic book. And I, I see people do this on Kickstarters all the time, and they go really well. And that they're fun to do. You know, I I, I always right. check with my artist first just to see because I you know I don't want to do this with where an artist is like uh, you know I got to draw this person. In there so chris was really uh, chris jevonos the artist for issue uh, five or volume two he was uh, really supportive of it so you know if there's uh, we already i think we already have two people who are going to be in it and uh, the best part of that reward is it's you're you're going to get a cameo appearance in issue six so with that reward you already get issue five and you get issue six even better nice. in, 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 in print so it's uh you know you can you can almost think of that as you're already you're already backing issue six how cool it would be to be in the comic one day jack yep it's uh so cool to uh have watched the rise of salvagers uh just you know we are constantly looking in, in on the independent comic world and i not maybe you could think of one but i haven't seen a comic Indie comic book makes such waves as Salvagers has. No. I mean, you've even got your own cosplayers. That's pretty awesome for an independent <laughs> comic artist. Right yeah, on. no, that yeah, that was awesome. It's uh, you know, a, a friend of mine and his daughter was a big fan of the series, and right away she wanted to do our pilot Tegan, and um, you know, I, I was just floored with it. She kind of she hung out with me at Hartford Comic Con. It was great. Um, you know, it, it really is, uh, you know, it, it's humbling to see the, you know, the support that you get. And, and we did, we did a whole, uh, we did a whole series. Well, we're doing a whole series. We did one print so far called The Deliverance, which um, I did with uh, Tim Wiley and Scarlet Fly, where they, they dressed up as uh, salvagers, not any, not any characters that I did. They just kind of sent me a picture of what they think a salvager would look like. And I had an artist uh, do up the, the thing, and, and it looked so awesome that I was like, I want to write a story for this. So we, uh, it's oh, wow. kind of, a, it's kind of a, almost like a cosplay story. So um, I thank them. They they were the ones that kind of gave me the inspiration to do that. And what was that called again? Uh, Salvagers: The Deliverance. That's it, the free one on on the Kickstarter right now, right? Yeah. If you if you're uh, if you're a backer on that, if you go to the posts. Uh, post number three is uh, there's a free download of Salvagers of Deliverance, and um, we're we're currently slowly working on book two because uh, that that's a that's a series it's a side series where they're different characters it's a different um, crew working for the salvaging company and they're off doing a, a different mission. Uh, and, it, and it's a lot of fun. And it it, it kind of makes you feel like you're opening up the universe. You know, you have, 
you know, we have uh, Jasper Starlight Tavern, which is the web comic of like the the bar in space. That's good right. stuff too. Yeah. yeah. So uh, it, it's it's kind of my it, it was it wasn't my intention at first, but it, it became. I, I loved it so much, and I loved the characters that I kind of wanted to make this its own universe. The Deliverance, uh, that's one... You... We were looking at that today, yeah. That's got the old Silver Age look on it. Yeah. Were yeah. yeah. you guys able to download that? Yeah. Okay, good. Because I know if there was a few people that said that they had problems downloading it off OneDrive, but um, I've been working on that. Yeah, the art was awesome. It, like I was telling you, it reminded me of the the, the Silver Surfer line mm-hmm. that's out right now. It was a surprise opening up and seeing the, the art style yeah. on that after seeing Salvagers. The art across the whole Salvagers universe is amazing. Yeah, but uh, I hadn't seen that style in there yet. That mm-hmm. was really cool. Thanks, yeah. Well, no, man, thank you for uh, being on here and, uh, you know, just sp- spending some time with us today. We've had a lot of fun. Hope oh, absolutely. I always have a blast with you guys. <laughs> and I devoured the comic until these two fine gentlemen here introduced me to it. I had been kind of out of the loop on indie comics, but this is one one sitting done. I love it. I love the universe. So I appreciate I'm on that. Board. I love board. hearing that. Thank you. Awesome, man. Well, again, thanks for being with us. And I was going to say good luck on your Kickstarter, but you don't need it. I mean, no. you're... <laughs> Enjoy the success of on... your Kickstarter. <laughs> yeah, good yeah. luck getting uh, your stretch goals, though. I think that'll be no problem. I'll be there. Well. You reserve that cameo slot. <laughs> I appreciate it. Thanks a lot. All right, Jack, what do we have on the website? We got our show blog with our show notes. We have our page with some videos that we've done on YouTube. Oh... Shoot, what else do we have on there? The Hall of Heroes, Wall of Justice. And we have... Don't forget that contact page. The contact page, yeah. <laughs> where you can send us an email. Uh, don't forget to find us on Twitter at can underscore air and on Instagram at CannedAirPod. Uh, YouTube, what else we got? Uh, Instagram. Oh, yeah, Clamor. We, uh, yeah, we've got the Clamor now Clamor. that you can hear snippets of some episodes as I put them up slowly. Yeah, so if you don't want to commit to an episode, there's just, what, like 30 seconds or something like that? 19 seconds? Yeah. Enough to get a chuckle. Yeah. You should still feel ashamed, though, because you're missing out on some quality programming. <laughs> Pique your interest, I think. Very nice. All right. Anything else, guys? No. Check out some of the other shows on Con Radio. Yes, please do check out the other shows on Con Radio. Many, many great shows out there. And until next time, I am Jeremy Colley. And I'm Jack Doherty. And I have remained Jake Runyon. And I'm Bob Sally. And we'll see you next week. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> we got it's through. gonna have to be a different man. Now may change me. But never leave the stream of warm and permanent sand So the days float through my eyes But still the days seem the same And these children that you spit on As they try to change their worlds Are immune to your consultations They're quite aware of what they're going through Changes Turn and face the strain Changes Don't tell them to grow up and out of it Changes Turn and face the strain Changes Where's your shame you've left us up to her next event Time may change me But you can't twist time
Dad! Dad! Oh no, I can't find my dad! Hang on there, little Jimmy! Hey, it's Alpine! While you're waiting on your negligent parents to find you, why don't you pull out your mobile device and get on CandarePodcast.com? Shoot, it may even help him find you. Well, that makes no sense. Hey, what are you doing near my son? Time to split. G.I. Joe! It was Cliff's retirement party. So Cliff, Norm, Rhea Perlman, uh, Carla, and... Whoa, whoa, what the hell is that? You still there, Bob? Yeah, I'm still here. You guys are a little muffled. Don't you know that you're a grown-up? I'm a grown-up. Me too. Yep, me too. But you know, these days, being a grown-up can really suck. Luckily, we're grown-ups who grew up in the coolest generation. We had video arcades. And also some of the best TV and movies ever made. We lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics. The list goes on and on. Yep, Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown-Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown-Up podcast explores media, tech, toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, genxgrownup.com. Alright, I think that was good enough? I I hope so, man. I'm tired. (laughs) Who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? I've never done it. (laughs) (laughs) Right.